Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. He is our Wednesday at 520 guest. He is a gentleman. He is a scholar. You know him from the MMQB on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Albert Breer joins us. Welcome to the show, buddy. Hey, what's up, guys? We're we're just getting to this conversation about Bill Belichick and whether the Patriots organization has started to grow restless now that they are seven and seven. It looks like they're falling off the playoff pace here. Do you think that there's a chance? How or rather, how significant of a chance is there that Bill Belichick isn't the Patriots head coach next year? Well, I don't think he's getting fired. Let's start there. Um, you know, I I I think the the craft would like whenever he decides to leave for him to do it on his terms and you know i think you guys are well aware of how close he is to don chula's record um looks like he'd probably get there at some point in 2024 um so you know he won't talk about that but obviously that's something that's out there for him um you know i i, I there is a scenario where i could see he's not the coach next year and really that boils down to the offensive coaching staff and it boils down to how Robert Kraft handles the, uh, the, 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 the first set of off-season meetings when they're talking about meeting, uh, about, about, about what that's going to look like next year. And, um, I mean, look, like, let's just assume it looks the way that it has for the first 14 games. It does continue to look like a mess, you know, and, and, and Bill doesn't make the change on his own. Does Robert deliver an ultimatum? And if Robert delivers an ultimatum, does that mean Bill is like, screw this, I'm walking? Sounds like, you know, like, you know, I think most people would say, well, you know, they could talk it out. I just know this, like, you know, Bill Belichick learned everything from Bill Parcells. And I remember being in Dallas at the end um, for Parcells. Like, I, I, I got there, I had actually got there right after Wade got the job. And so I knew a lot of guys who were there for the end of Parcells. And, you know, I, I can remember with Parcells, it wasn't that he hated Stephen Jones or Jerry Jones. It was more so leaving because he arrived on his terms, he did the job on his terms, and then when he could no longer do the job on his terms, he felt like it was time for him to leave. And so, you know, the scenario where Bill isn't the coach next year, I think would be if um, if they, if, if it's the Crafts decide, if he decides not to make a change on his own um, on the offensive coaching staff, and then if the crafts respond by delivering some sort of ultimatum that he doesn't like. Interesting. Um, let's look, look ahead to this weekend, Albert, and, and get uh, to talk a little bit about this Browns game. And uh, I, I guess <laughs> Nick and I, been, I keep bringing this up to the guests. I feel like I'm throwing Nick under the bus. I'm really not trying to, Nick. I promise you. It's okay. I kind of like the bus at this point. 
it's 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 a you big live one. under there now. He's yeah. living under the bus today. Well, for some li- you live under the yeah. bus, you die under the bus. So like the Browns have a one percent chance to make the playoffs, and I'm just like, dude, there's no chance. And and Nick is is trying to be optimistic about this, and I'm like, Clingy. yeah, he's clinging to, to the one percent, and I'm like, bro, there's no chance. What what would you say to that uh, that one percent? Well, I don't have their schedule in front of me, but if I remember right, there's at All least right, so the, one. So they, 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 play, they play the Saints, the, the Commanders, and the, the, the Steelers to finish up the year. That's doable. Huh. Yeah. Right? No, that's that's doable. I mm. mean, you could win out. You could win out. Mm. Like, so then you went out, you're 9-8, and eight, right? Like, so here's the way I look at the AFC. All right? Like, so the AFC, you got Kansas City's in, Buffalo's in, right? Whoever wins the South is in. And I think Cincinnati and Baltimore probably make it. So that's five, five spots, right? So now you have two spots left, and you have New England, the Jets, Miami, the Chargers are all in the mix for that, right? Mm-hmm. Steelers, I guess you could say, are on the periphery. Browns are on the periphery. And so you just need a lot of things to go your way. You know what I mean? Like, not only would you need the right teams to fall behind you, you'd need the right teams. Like, if you were tied with somebody, you'd need to have the tiebreakers against them. So... It seems very, very unlikely, even if you were going to win out. Winning out seems doable. They just have been inconsistent. You know what I mean? Like, there's no question. Like, they're not – I mean, they, they, they just haven't they, – they haven't played on a week-to-week basis consistently enough for you to have faith that they're going to be able to do it three weeks in a row. But you look at the schedule, it's not out of the realm of possibility, and then you need a lot of help. So, I don't know, like, what, like 2 3% maybe? I don't know how I don't know how they do those formulas they show on TV all the time, but um, but I mean like if I was like, I don't know like if like if you want to like quote the Breer analytics here like let's say somewhere between two and three percent. Ooh, the Breer lytics. You and you could you would you honestly I'd prefer to see you uh, doing this stuff on TV than Steve Karnacki. <laughs> it's a little tired now, isn't it? Yeah, he's on everything, and it's like. I got to watch him on election coverage, and now I got to watch him for the NFL playoffs. It's like, I, I think I saw him on the World Cup coverage, and I was like, guys, come on now, Albert. Let's let's say we'll we'll move playoffs. Yeah, like that was cute. That was cute. Like right after the election. Yeah, right? yeah, and then like that was our. It was cool. Like right after the election, it's like okay, like I get it. Like they're trying to like capitalize on something that was fun during the election. It's been two years now. Does that mean we're going to have to have him all the way through the next election? Because I'll be honest with you, I'm tapping well, out. I mean, like, we're closing in on that, right? Like, we're not far off. I mean, we're talking about that, like, election coverage. That's, what, like, less than two years away now. I just imagine. He's, he's almost he's almost made it through, guys. I just imagine at home, Steve Karnacki's like, all right, there's a 32% chance you're going to be doing the dishes tonight, honey. And if you do that, there's a 25% chance I'll buy you a new ring next year. You think he rolls his sleeves up like that when he mows the lawn? Yes. Yeah, I, he doesn't <laughs> mow his own lawn. He's a numbers guy. I mean, I, 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 what sort of message are you trying to send when you're wearing a tie but your sleeves are rolled up? Mm-hmm. Yep. You're, you're, unless you're Michael like, J. You Fox mean, in 1988. Yep. Are you ready to get down and dirty? I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, I think you're. You think you're ready for business. That's a good way to put yeah. it. Albert, let's go ahead and set off the playoff talk. We're we're gonna we're ban the p word here, but let's talk okay. about the Browns finishing the season at nine and eight. Do you yep. think that would stop them from making any sort of changes to this coaching staff? 
Not necessarily. I think like defense is still a question, and I think that's something that needs to be evaluated. And um, you know, I I think what's interesting about it is like when they hired Joe Woods, it was everyone was trying still to play like that Pete Carroll defense. You know what I mean? Like, and it was still a lot of people in college, a lot of people in the pros were trying to find their own version of that. And it like sort of feels like to some degree, if you look in some corners, that defense has been solved. And there are some that have adapted it. Like I think Dan Quinn in Dallas has done a fantastic job of changing that defense. Like Robert Sala is another one, right? Like Sala, like you, you, you think they never value corners there. Well, like look what they're doing with sauce Gardner in New York. You know what I mean? Like, so there are coaches who have adapted that defense to work for them and to modernize it and to kind of push it forward. And I think that's going to be the biggest question for the Browns is, has Joe Woods done enough to move that defense forward and get the most out of guys, you know, like Miles Garrett, like Denzel Ward? Like, are you getting, are you maximizing the guys that are on hand? And if you aren't, you know, next year is going to be an important year for a lot of people in the organization, you know, and I've said all along, like, I think Kevin sort of gets a pass for this year. I don't think that'll be the case next year. Like starting next year, I think there's pressure to win with Deshaun Watson as your quarterback, you know? So, no, I I still think on the defensive side of the ball, depending on how it looks over the next few weeks, you know, we're talking about absolutely a situation where, um, where, where jobs could be on the line on that side. Albert, are you uh, dome or anti-dome? Uh, when I'm talking, I'm, talk- I'm, ta- I'm talking about football here. Um, just to be clear, <laughs> anti-dome. anti-dome. Yeah, you, okay. you, you, don't, you don't even need to get a question out of your mouth for me to answer that one. Um, no, absolutely. I, I, I'm horrified that the Bears are going to be playing in a dome. Why? Why don't you like nice things? Oh, you're a dome guy. Well, I'm, I'm a retractable roof. Guy, I don't. I don't consider myself a dome purist. I, I would like the the. He, he, he's he's been waffling a little bit today because he well, likes the snow games. He likes the outdoor conditions. He likes going to games in the cold. Why, hello, but, bus. So nice to see you again. But uh, wow, I'm just pointing. I'm just pointing out no, what you said. I, what I said was, and and Albert, this I would call this nuance. See if you agree or disagree. I, as a fan, I enjoy. The, some of my favorite memories are the worst weather games I've ever been to. But there's no question. But I don't think it makes sense for any cold weather town that ever wants to host a Super Bowl that isn't New York uh, to have an open air stadium. Well, why would you? I mean, like, do you really? All right, like, so like, I'm not. You guys know how how I love that region of the country, right? Oh, here like, comes I really the butt. Like, I, right? Like, and I spent a part of my life there, and I love that part of the country. Like, Cleveland can build a dome. They're not getting a Super Bowl. Like, I just don't think it's happening. You know what I mean? Like, there's – and, I, you know, I, Cincinnati can build a dome. They're not getting a they're, – they're not getting a Super Bowl. Like, I think even the days of, like, the, Detroit, the Detroit's, which is a bigger city, getting Super Bowls are probably gone. You know, like, and I just – I mean, Buffalo could build a dome. They wouldn't get a Super Bowl. So, and like, what are you really gaining from it? Like, you've got this massive built-in advantage, you know, um, by – by, by building an open-air stadium in that sort of climate. Why not take that advantage, you know? Like, I don't do, – do you hear any fans bitching about it? No, right? I like a combine, though. If I can't get a Super Bowl, I'll take a combine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, and, and honestly, for you guys as fans, would you really want a Super Bowl there? Yeah. Yeah, why not? Uh, well, okay. That, that's actually a great point. I made the comment earlier 
that actually going on Radio Row, it like it is a very special thing. You get to meet a lot of people. It's a cool experience, but like the actual game itself is pretty mundane. Yeah, all the events around it are okay. I mean, I, I just like honestly, like I we went through this in Boston when, when they um, talked about having the Olympics here. Like no one here wanted any part of having the Olympics here. Like everyone was against it because the absolute nightmare it would be for those three weeks. You know what I mean? Like, and I just, I don't know. Like I, I've been to enough Super Bowls to know that if you're not like a massive city, it kind of feels like 10 pounds of, you know, what stuffed in a five pound bag, you know, like it's just, it's, I mean, there are certain cities that can absorb it. Like new Orleans can completely absorb it because everything's walking and there's hotel rooms everywhere. Vegas, I think will be able to absorb it. LA which is, like, massive, it was a total pain in the ass last year. Like, L.A. was awful, you know? And so um, it sounds good, the, the idea of having a Super Bowl. I'm sure it would be good for the local economy and all that different stuff. But trust me, I, I you know, be careful what you, what you wish for on that one. Albert, real quick, buddy, because we asked you about the Browns and the Belichick thing. Uh, two towns in the AFC North are not happy with their coach. Baltimore with John Harbaugh. Um, and obviously in Pittsburgh, there's grumblings about Mike Tomlin. Do you think either guy could be coaching elsewhere next year? Yeah, I think that's another be careful what you wish for thing. Like, you know, I, I think Baltimore's obviously got the injury situations. You know, J.K. Dobbins, Lamar, obviously. But beyond just that, J.K. Dobbins, Ryan Stanley's been, you know, in and out of the lineup. Like, they, they've been through a lot, you know. And I still think John Harbaugh's the right guy there. Um, do they need to make some staff changes or consider some staff changes? Maybe. Um, but, you know, I think the program that they've invested in over all these years, not worth pulling the plug. I do think that the Lamar contract situation is complicated a little bit. I'd sort of say the same thing, like in Pittsburgh. If you're going to go through this significant period of transition, you know, where you're turning over your roster and you've got a young quarterback, you really want to start fiddling with what's worked for 30 years. So, in both those situations, it's like a be careful what you wish for type of scenario. Now, if those guys decide they want to go elsewhere, we're talking about something else. I don't think Harbaugh is there right now, and he has been there a couple times over the last decade or so where you know he was interested in looking around a little bit and wound up deciding to stay in Baltimore. Um, Tomlin's interesting because there were like rumblings last year that the Raiders could kick the tires on potentially trading for him. You know, Carolina's out there, and, you know, obviously um, David Tepper was a minority owner of the Steelers, so he's got relationships in the Steelers organization. Is there a potential that Carolina could start to fish around and, and maybe offer Mike Tomlin something or offer the Steelers something for Tomlin? I guess that's possible. But, you know, if I'm those teams, I'm doing my best to stand pat with the coaches that I have because I think they're better than 95% of what's out there. Albert, great stuff, buddy. Happy holidays to you and the Breer family. We appreciate everything you do for us every Wednesday, buddy, and we appreciate the work you do. All right. Uh, happy holidays and Merry Christmas to everybody out there in Ohio. All right. Thank you Thanks, so much, Albert. Albert. Merry Christmas, buddy. The question that I had led in with was, if the Browns go 9-8, and eight, does that stop them or does that absolve them of the need to make changes? And I, I just uh, – listen, from the Joe Wood side of things – I don't think there's anything he should be able to do in the next three weeks that if he was on his way out three weeks ago, all of a sudden he should he should have a job next year. No, and we talked about that yesterday. It's it's like one of those things where if you keep things status quo because you just happen to play maybe bad teams 
and the record ends up being, you know, somewhat decent at the end of the year, you're just going to be in the same situation next October mm-hmm. or next September, whatever it may be. We've been talking about this for two years, and the defense now in year three has regressed. Now, it's it's gotten better in certain moments this season. Um, maybe not gotten better. Maybe they played up to standard at times, but certainly not consistent enough of what you would expect from all the talent that they have. Yeah, I don't think Joe should be fired just because of the defensive performance. I think I, I just I think once you I think it became apparent that guys weren't buying into what Joe was selling. No matter what Miles said, uh Miles Garrett said earlier this week, I don't believe most guys buy into that. And I I, I just don't think you can come back from that as a coach and I would be really disheartened to see Kevin Stefanski disregard that because I it kind of goes back to the idea of Kevin needs to show me that he can do things the kind of things you're willing to do to win and sometimes that means firing people you like yeah it's uncomfortable you know it it, it stinks it happens it's part of the job uh, but you have to be willing to do that if you want the team to grow or, or get better. You, you've got to see areas where you need change. And and just because you change uh, a coach doesn't necessarily mean that that coach can't coach. Like, just because Joe Woods isn't necessarily getting his message across to this defense doesn't mean Joe Woods is a bad guy or a bad coach. Like, we see coach, coaches get fired. That's what happens in this business. You get fired and you get other opportunities. You go other places. You try to turn it around. Sometimes you can. Sometimes you can't. Yeah, it definitely feels like this is going to be a wild off season, though. I think, and I don't just mean for the Browns. Like we were talking with him about Bill Belichick and whether Bill's going to be on the move, right? Uh, John Harbaugh, Mike Tomlin, and and you know the Belichick stuff's relatively new, but about five years ago, before they drafted Lamar Jackson, there was a lot of talk that John Harbaugh might have wanted out of Carolina. Um, uh, the the Tomlin thing, there does seem to be some uh, uh, it, a lack of cohesion between expectations and in where the team is. Yeah, and I, I don't know. As somebody who likes chaos, it'd be really cool to see one of those long long standing jobs. It'd be really cool to see them come open because I, I think I think people in Pittsburgh think they're immune from that team falling by the wayside. And I feel like Baltimore fans, I feel like New England fans feel that way too. Whereas you and I know they're one bad coaching hire away from some team being able to move up and become who the Patriots have been or who the Ravens have been or who who the Steelers have been. Yeah. No, I I I, I hear exactly what you're saying. Um it's it's uh it's gonna be fascinating to see what happens not not just with the Browns but with with some of these other teams too. You, you, I mean, hell, the Ravens, the Steelers. I mean, there's a lot of teams that and, and Belichick. You brought a Belichick earlier too. I mean, it's uh, this final three weeks of the season is gonna be really interesting to see what teams d- decide to do. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 